0: everybody the seattle sports union podcast my name is abraham Deweese, and we have a very special guest today wazoo's head coach for their baseball team brian green brian welcome to the show and uh, on behalf of brian solak and matt page we are ex- so we are super excited to have you here today
1: well thanks for having us on uh, any opportunity we can get to talk cougar baseball we're going to do that so uh, really appreciate this, guys. I know this is a great podcast, and uh, and I'm really honored to be on it. So it's great for the program and looking forward to the opportunity.
2: Go oh, Cougs, yeah. by the way. Got to start <laughs> that off. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we want to talk about the 2022 season coming up, but would you give us a little bit of background about yourself before we do that?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, New Mexico State. I was a head coach there for five years and just working backwards Uh, Prior to that, was an assistant coach at the University of Kentucky for six years and had a a really great run the final three years there with a Golden Spikes winner and three postseasons, a couple of regionals. Um, A lot of guys that have made it to the big league since then. And uh, prior to that, I was at UCLA. So that was Pac-12 stop number two uh, for me as an assistant coach, uh, UCLA for four years. Prior to that was Hawaii. Prior to that was the University of San Diego. And then prior to that was Chapman University. Uh, grew up in Southern California. Uh, I'm happily married for 25 years to Becky. We have two kids, Zoe and Emily. Uh, in fact, today Zoe's 12th birthday is today. So oh.
0: in the middle of the inner
1: squad, because we're in <laughs> Pullman. Uh, I get that opportunity to run home. It'll take me 30 seconds to get home. I'll knock on the door, give her a present in uniform and come back to practice. But
2: uh,
1: (laughs) cool, cool story, though. I, um, you know, we had finished up two championships in Las Cruces. And when we took over, it was it was a a program that was down. And um, we won 11 games our first year. That was my first year being a head coach. And then we got to 34 in year two and then 35 and then a 40 and a 38. And we were really happy and thinking about where we were going to go playing golf that fall. And, um, you know, starting to get comfortable in Las Cruces as I'm an, a, an alum there. And then the Kooks called. I mean, literally out of the blue, I've got my bags packed to go recruiting. We just got back from, from the WAC tournament. Uh, again, it was our second um, ring championship. And and then the Kooks called, and I mean, it happened in about 72 hours. And I mean, what an honor. I, again, I was a I was a volunteer at Oregon state and I was an assistant coach at UCLA growing up in Southern California to be a head coach in the PAC 12 is, is a dream if you're a college baseball coach. And uh, when they called and I got the opportunity to come up and uh, interview for that was just awesome. And I'm still just so fired up to be here and sitting in this chair. So a lot of great traditions and history, as we all know, up here in baseball.
2: Absolutely. When I, the day, quick story, the day I saw on Twitter that you were hired by Wazoo, I was ecstatic for a couple of reasons. One, because you're going to be my alma mater's head coach, but then number two, we also cover Seattle U baseball and we watched you dominate Seattle U for quite a while. So we're like, now that he's gone, well, we, maybe we have a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Boy, they had a, uh, when we got there, uh, I think Seattle U in 16 was the one seed, Um, you know, and then all of a sudden Nick Gonzalez and Kyle Bradish and Joey Ortiz show up and they look, make, make us look pretty smart. And, uh, but no, we had a nice run in in Cruces. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. The WAC obviously is getting a lot better as well. That conference is really expanding. So,
2: right on. Yeah, we
3: uh, we saw you had a schedule uh, game this year in April in Everett here against uh, Seattle U, and uh, we were talking to our uh, our friend Phil Mann, who's the baseball operations manager for uh, for Seattle U. And no one had checked and with, with the Aqua Sox, I guess, who have a game scheduled the same day. We're wondering if you guys have rescheduled that or have not rescheduled that?
1: We had yeah, that, that certainly is up in the in the, the clouds right now, but we'll get that thing handled. We had uh, we had a change in our director of baseball operations. Uh-huh. And with that change is when that happened. So okay. we're still working on that, but we're going to be able to get there at some point that week. Okay. Um, it was really important to us just to w- expand the brand. Uh, if we're going to play at Bannerwood once, that's fine. But if we could get to Everett, it's such a great park. We would love to do that too, if we could. So uh, wanted to get that opportunity. If not, you know, we'll obviously be at Seattle U, but we'd, we'd like to get that Everett opportunity.
3: Outstanding. Yeah. Brian and I, Brian and I both live in Everett. So we're, we were, we we're excited to see that yeah. up on the calendar.
1: And it's such a great stadium. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
2: 2022 uh, is starting up next week. We Let's talk about your team. I mean, I don't, if you want to do a breakdown position by position, but there's a lot of returning players. I saw that you lost three to to the MLB draft. I mean, tell us a little bit about your team.
1: Yeah, really four big losses. Uh, Tristan Peterson, a free agent sign, hit uh, hit in the three or four hole all year for us behind Manzardo. Kyle was a second rounder. As everybody knows, that was one of the bigger drafts we've had in a long time. Uh, Mills left in the fourth round. He was our Saturday guy. And then Brandon White, our Friday guy, uh, also departed in the 12th round. So we had three drafts inside the 12 rounds, uh, which is the first in like 50 years. That was a uh, just a tribute to those kids and how hard they work. But um, but with that, we certainly have those pieces to replace. But wow, a uh, lot of returning players coming back. Um, you know, an offense that was second in the league and batting average and doubles and um, was in the upper third of most offensive categories. You know, we'll bring back a solid six starters, if not seven, nice. in that lineup core uh, with Jake Meyer, who was honorable mention all-pack at catcher. Uh, Jake McKeon, um, he gave us uh, a 350 batting average uh, as a DH in pack play. Uh, Kyle Russell was a highly highly regarded player out of high school, had some injuries last year as a freshman, still hit over .300. Uh, Cody Colden also comes back. He hit over 300 as our primary leadoff hitter. He's a top 50 shortstop, according to D1 Baseball. Uh, Jack Smith from Mercer Island is back as a fifth-year senior. He hit over 300. Then you bring back Montez, who's a top 40 outfielder with D1 Baseball. And then Justin uh from Yakima. Only from Oklahoma, you can prevent. Uh, in left field. So, I mean, we bring back – I just – I said seven. That's eight. You know, so it's mm-hmm. like um, – Who's new? Uh, Highland Hall is a is a, a top thirty transfer uh, from Wabash Valley. He's a four two four from Miami. He'll be one of the better athletes in the Pac twelve. He's a center fielder. He can I just absolutely fly. Mm-hmm. Very exciting player. Bryce Matthews is a four two four from Arkansas. Uh, Austin Plante is a four two four from Texas Christian, and we also have Nate Stevens a four two four from Arkansas. And those are all left handed hitters. So. We have a great balance of returning position players. We were very right-handed last year, so we, we changed that in the transfer market with left-handed. And then on the mound, uh, Coach Claggett has done a phenomenal job. They have kicked our butts. Uh, like Yesterday's inter-squad was maybe the first time that we could really, truly say that the hitters truly won, and we have gotten smashed on the mound. Um, our pitching staff is so much better. Our guys are throwing harder. They're throwing a lot of secondary stuff for strikes. And then again, we were very right-handed on the mound last year. So we'll return Grant Taylor, who was our Sunday guy. He was very solid at the end of the year. Uh, Looked to him on Friday or Saturday. And then we brought in three transfers. Actually, we brought in five transfers, but three of those guys are going to be in the rotation most likely, um, and they're all left-handed. Cole McMillan is a top-30 transfer from San Jacinto, San Jack College in Texas. It's 92-4 left-handed, can really pitch. He's a 4-2-4 from Houston. We have a grad transfer from Yale. His name is Matt Erickson. It's 92 threes left-handed. And then we have the two Washington products. We're going to have, have huge innings for us. McCabe, Cottrell, Spokane, NWAC pitcher of the year, junior college, all American, and Cam Liss also from Spokane, also from Spokane falls. Um, I mean, we, we brought in a bunch of left and they're all going to pitch for us. And then our bullpen is just experienced. Everybody through last year as freshmen, they all come back. So, we have a lot of experience. We're probably the oldest team in the league, certainly positionally, but we have a lot of experience coming back. Mm-hmm. It's time for the program to take that next step and cross the line into, uh, you know, talking about making the postseason.
2: That's awesome. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you explain to us or to our audience what a Friday night guy, Saturday guy is for the rotation? Yeah.
1: You know, that that's a Brian, that's a great question, because it really can vary from where you are within your program. You know, if a lot of times if you have great depth uh, or you like your bullpen or if you at least you feel like you have four starters or three starters for sure and a long bullpen, um, you know, you'll run your Friday guy out. He is your guy with the best stuff. He's pitching in the night game or the stuff can look uh, harder to pick up. Um and that you just run out your ace and your Friday guy is your ace. Your Saturday guy is your two and your, and your Sunday guy is your three. If you were to rank them, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you looked at us last year, we really had a mix. You know, you look at Zane was the fourth rounder. He was on Saturday. Uh, Brandon was the 12th rounder. He was on Friday. Um, you know, we weren't as long as we wanted to be last year. So uh, we knew if Brandon was on, um, he'd get a six. If he was off, it maybe was four and a third. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really wanted and knowing that we really strategized with let's go Zane on Saturday because he's about as a lock of anybody to give you six to seven. He's such a strike machine. Um, so that's how we did it last year. But but yeah, typically it's a one, two, three that Friday night. Uh, and that guy's got to be able to throw strikes. So the bullpen is protected for the weekend. If, if you go out there in a high pitch count Friday night guy, even if he has great stuff, but he's out in the fourth, you really set yourself up for a, a troubling Sunday.
2: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and I, I have to ask this question too. I, I talked to you briefly on Twitter and you told me that Colin Montez was back. Uh, one of my good friends coached him in football b- back when he was in high school. And all he did was rave about him. I mean, tell me, tell me why you said Colin was a top 40 guy. Tell me, a little, tell our audience a little bit about him.
1: Well, uh, just a great presence physically. I mean, uh, just absolute beast in the weight room, left-handed hitter, uh, left-handed thrower, left, left, uh, beautiful swing power swing, um, has been here forever. He's physical. He's, he's produced every year. I think the, the draft last year with Colin, just going to 20 rounds. Um, you know, if it's, if it's a normal draft, how it used to be, Colin's not here. He's in professional baseball. Um, but you know, when he got done this year, I just begged him to Colin, if you come back, I'm going to give you everything I can possibly give you from a, what's whatever is legal in the NC2A, we're going to give it to you. Um, he's such a leader. He's such a great person. I mean, great family, awesome story, you know, Native American, local. Um, so, I mean, he is our true leader, and we've got an unbelievable group of guys on our leadership council. But I think everybody really looks to Colin Montez as the guy who doesn't say a lot, but when he does, you better listen or respond. Um, and he's been an everyday player for this program for the last 3 years. I mean, I know for me personally, I think he's played every game for two straight years. So, uh love coaching him, love seeing him and uh and he's one of our best players. So, um and his swing has gotten he just continues to improve. I mean, you look for him to have a breakout year this year. He's hammering the ball right now.
2: Nice. My buddy will like that to hear that too, but nice to hear. Yeah. Um, when he went to Wazoo, I was hoping he was going to play both sports cause he was a heck of a running back, but I'm, I'm I can happy. imagine.
1: Yeah. I think he would lay some people out. <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: Yeah. Right on. <laughs> um, that, I have to ask about one other player, Elias Farland, uh, just because his mom f- just started to follow us on Twitter, but it looks like he's got some pretty good stats. He's six foot four. I mean, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about him.
1: Yeah, Elias is um, he's come out of nowhere, you know, and, and I mean, but he was really competitive last year. He had a couple of starts. You know, we, we were pretty thin last year on the mound with our depth. So we really rotated the Sunday starter that that final game of the series. There were a lot of guys who got the opportunity. And then when Grant got it, he finally just said, this is mine. And, and he's he's elevated his game. But so is Elias. I mean, Elias was the absolute strike machine um of our fall and spring i i think it was 22 to zero if not 22 to zero and then one hbp in the fall um but comes in he's got three pitches for strikes and he's six five or he may be oh. bigger than that he's huge i mean he may it might be <laughs> six, seven. Oh wow um and uh but he's got angle on the fastball and he can command it and he's poised and he's really competitive he's going to have a huge role for us i mean he's you're going to see him once or twice on a weekend and um it's really comforting to have guys like that who have stuff and are, or can come in and pound the zone and, and throw hard enough. You know, it's 92, three and uh, he's got an angle. Him and coach Claggett have done a great job together and uh, he's really gotten better.
2: Nice. Nice. I read online that you, you, you have a great rapport with your coaching staff. I read somewhere that you, you, you guys do like retreats at the beginning of the fall season and, and if there's ever any issues you'll talk about it at the end of practice or something, but then before you guys go home, just so your guys are all on the same page. And I mean, would you care to share a little bit about that? Sure.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, and, and Brian, that's what we promote. The reality is we just go drink wine and play golf. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's really, it, it started just like anything, um, that was always important to me. You know, when I was at UCLA, coach Savage had, um, we had a a version of that. We would go meet at a hotel, um, and we would meet offsite, you know, get out of UCLA's office and we would go somewhere offsite to a hotel in a little conference room. And then we'd go out to dinner. Um, and I always thought that was a neat idea. So when I got the head job at New Mexico state, I just said, well, we're going to, we're going to blow that. We're going to change that and do it bigger, better if we can. So we started with literally just kind of a little golf retreat. And at the beginning of this was, let's talk about our core values. Cause we were a brand new staff together. You know, now we've been together for eight years, but so it started off with really just a communication of who we are, who we want to be, who we're going to be. And let's be really consistent with our messaging to the players. You know, So we would play golf and the wives would come and we'd have dinner at night, but then we would close the doors for a couple of days and just work really on culture and then practice planning, you know, and here we are seven years later and it's become, um, It's not so much about practice planning. It's really about identity and it's really about, we hold things. I don't, I don't meet with our staff uh, at the end of the year because I think it'll go away. So we don't meet in June uh, because we hit the recruiting trail. We meet in August, but we make sure that we have everything written down. The last couple of years, those retreats have, um, we're doing the same thing. We go off site. we close the doors, we have dinner together at night, but for two days, we just plan on the fall, essentially our first 10 days of, uh, culture training, and then essentially probably the first two weeks of skill instruction, but it's about the coaching staff, uh, getting even more in alignment with our messaging to the players and airing out some things that need to be aired out. You know, Hey, when we, we can't miss in recruiting this way, we need to communicate better in this way. You know, the, this, this happened in the dugout a couple of times and I think it hurt us and, but it's not one way it's all of us and, um, it's very healthy it's not confrontational. It's about team first integrity and we want to win. So um, we just don't hold anything back. And it's really nice when you have a staff that's been together that long where there's a high level of trust. Um, And because of that, we can say what needs to be said. And this was our best one by far this year. I mean, we, we kind of went at each other a little bit and came out of there pretty healthy. Uh, We weren't scarred. We just were ready to move.
2: Right on. Do most colleges do that programs? Or, I mean, that's awesome that we do that at Wazoo, but I'm just curious. Do you happen to know?
1: No, not a lot. I mean, I I know of a few of them, but I know that we're we're rare that way. Okay. You know, I've learned. I just I, I've i had a different approach. I've been very fortunate to work with some great baseball coaches, but I was really fortunate um, at New Mexico State to be around some coaches or some leadership people in the business world. You start talking about the messaging starts to become the same and how you, you know, how you lead your organization becomes the same. And when I was a first year head coach, it was about the culture of the players and it was me and the players. And then the coaches were coaches. And I that's not what it is at all. It's about your leadership team and about the communication with the leadership team and the staff. So that's where I really spend the majority of what's where we spend the majority of our time. Um, But I, I don't see a lot of it. Uh, you know, I think too many of us say we have to go recruiting and you do have to go recruiting, but I just think it's, it's, I know it's important to me and it's important to our program. So therefore we make it important. So there's always an event to go to, but we say, you're not going to be on the road this week because this is staff culture retreat training. And this is important. Um, Cause if we don't get that right, we're not gonna be successful. You know, all the losing teams, bad cultures, you know, usually starts with the coaches aren't on the same page and they're not together and. I can tell you, we have a real simple rule. If we lose a game, we have to sit together for an hour and a half ends up being three a lot, but it's my rule. Um, I've been around cultures where you lose and the staff just blows out of there and it's not healthy.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you mentioned recruiting. I'm, I'm curious, uh, what are the, the impacts of the new, um, but, and I image and likeness rules, uh, how the, how that's impacted you, uh, looking forward here, you know, Yeah, we, we are pretty fortunate,
1: uh, in Pullman so far and in the PAC 12 so far with college baseball. Um, it it hasn't gotten there yet. You know, there's been a few things in college baseball on the West, Yeah. out east there's been some things out east um but it hasn't quite hit us yet clearly it has a little in football you know you've, you've seen some cool stuff here in Pullman um it's going to come in basketball but it hasn't quite hit us yet we're we're strategizing you know we're a small college town and, and I think the big thing for for Pullman is to make sure that to really get into and utilize NIL you know it's not about you know just a free shirt or you know a free sandwich and you know but really grabbing somebody from the tri-cities or from Seattle or or Spokane and really grabbing that market. And that's where we would like to go. Um, but we haven't had to attack it quite yet. Like my buddies have in the sec. So okay. um, I'm fortunate of that. Cause I'm just, we want to do a great job with it. Uh, we do have a couple of players, uh, you know, with some NIL things, um, but, uh, but it's nothing substantial yet, but it's coming in the PAC 12. It's just, I, it's coming soon.
2: Okay. You, you, Play on a gorgeous field called ba- uh, Bailey Brayton Field. Oh my gosh! And the upgrades <laughs> have you guys done over the years, including last year. I mean, props to the university. But I do have to ask the long hours that you put in. Do you ever see the ghosts of Bobo Brayton walking around the field, or, or find yourself talking to him? Or I know I'm kind of joking, but <laughs> there's, that's a lot of history. Ah, okay.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure I make sure this thing is looking at me. Every day. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, that's a good question. And, and for the folks who this is on audio, but yeah, that was a nice picture of Bobo there in my office. And literally it's I mean, the other picture that I have. And these are just reminders about who's been around this program. Oh yeah. Um, is the older picture, but, um, you know, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, Bobo's everywhere. Um, and, and when we designed it, I was fortunate enough that when we came in, um, the, the training piece, um, was in terms of the, the architectural design of the building was in place, but we were going to make some changes um, with branding. And we were going to do some things with sizing of the, of some of the facilities or great rooms and things like that. But when you walk into the BTO, the first thing that you see is because it's called back to Omaha is the facility. So we really wanted to design it with a feature, basically um, old school old design um, hall of fame type stuff. So we didn't go modern. We went the other way with it and it's awesome. So it's, it's brick. It's collegiate. uh, It's old time baseball when you walk in. So when you walk into our new facility and you see gloves, literally gloves from 1910 in the glass case, and there's 40 of them. And then every logo that's ever been made for WSU on a baseball, on an old baseball, a Brown baseball, and then Bobo's Cougar in the middle. That's how you enter the facility. Um, When you enter our our coaching staff conference room here, uh, we've got, Bobo's jersey um, in the center of the wall. And above that, we've got the old Cougar. And I don't know if you can see right behind me, but we've got the 33 years of cougar baseball behind me. And it's it's just a mural of all the greats with Seeley and Hatterberg and Olrood Say, need fewer and all those guys with the big thing and Bobo in the middle. So uh yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I was fortunate enough to meet Eileen. I was that was an honor because I know she hadn't been here in a decade. Uh I communicate with Fritz. And, um, I know where I am, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I was at Oregon state and UCLA, but I'm Oregon state was when I knew, I didn't know the name until I was at Oregon state. Um, you know, and you had those coaches who had just been up there forever in the Northwest and, um, yeah, no, we, we certainly make sure we honor that name. Cause it's a big deal.
2: Ooh, that gave me a chill when you said you described that. That's pretty huh. cool. <laughs> so, so opening days next Friday in Hawaii. who, who, who. Right now, who, who starts game one, game two, and game three? If, if Yeah, we'll announce that
1: probably on Tuesday. We've oh, okay. got we've got about eight more innings to go. But, I mean, you're going to look at Cole McMillan. You're going to look at Grant Taylor. You're going to look at Cottrell, uh, Brotherton, Erickson, uh, Matt Erickson, the lefty, um, and maybe a Cam List. Those are kind of the six candidates. You know, we've got so much baseball. Um, we've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in, in Honolulu. Uh, jump on the plane Tuesday, go to Arizona where we partnered with the Mariners uh, and we'll be in their, um, we'll be in their big field and we're playing Long Island. And then that's a Thursday doubleheader, Friday, Saturday. So we really have to be strategic with not only the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in Hawaii, but then moving into that short week, uh, how we're going to handle that. So we're kind of going into after today and tomorrow when we get to Monday, uh, really going into it with about six guys that we think we're going to start. But yeah, certainly Taylor, McMillan, Cottrell, Erickson, Brotherton, you know those five guys are, are certainly in the mix to to do some things, and we like that left-right mix.
2: Okay, for sure, the weather will be nice, so you don't have to worry about the weather at least for the first couple weeks. <laughs>
1: No, we just need to make sure we keep our guys, you know, I mean, they get to go to the beach, but, you know, uh, us Washingtonians, you know, we don't need to be hanging out there for a little while. We'll come back lobsters.
2: (laughs) True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's a good one. Um, how, How does Wazoo finish in the upper tier of the conference? I mean, what do they have to do to be successful this year?
1: Oh, awesome question. You teed that one up. We have the players to do it. You know, um, the top eight go to the Pac-12 tournament. I think most of us know that it's five teams. Typically, um, if the league is strong, it's six. So, you know, so our goal is to get inside the top five. How do we do that? Because we do have the pieces. We have enough left. We have enough right. We have enough experience. We are throwing enough strikes on the mound. Um, and Not to take that for granted, but you know, where we're going to make the next step, uh, I think we've really done a good job in recruiting of lengthening our roster, both left and right. We're very confident with our bullpen that we're going to I mean, we're going to play really long games this year. And I say that uh, not from an offensive standpoint. I just we kind of have the opportunity to go seven, eight arms a game. And we have a lot of one inning guys who can come in and with some things and stuff. And we have a lot of left and right. and We have a lot of different arm angles. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see some really long, you're going to see a lot of pitching changes. um, But that's a good thing because we want to be able to use those guys twice. How are we going to get to the postseason? It's very simple for us. Um, Offensively, we've got to cut our strikeouts down. We've got to increase our walks. We have to increase our HBPs. Our on-base percentage has got to go up. We've got to do a better job of executing runners at third less than two. I mean, we're always going to score runs, and we're always going to have big innings. That's kind of, you know, been our deal and my deal and our park's offensive. But we've got to become an upper half toughness mentality team. You know, we, we got some accolades last year offensively, but you dig into our numbers, uh, there are were, were some holes there. You know, we were like minus 140 in our walk and strikeout ratio offensively. We've got to be better than that. So you look for Kyle Russell, who was like minus 20 as a freshman. Can he get to minus five or one-to-one? Uh, but if we can get one-to-one, our on-base percentage is going to go up. I think we're going to pitch. I, I know we're going to play defense. Uh, We're much better in that regard. It's just for me, it's it's offensive toughness uh, and offensive on base percentage. Starting with two strike approach, if we can do that, I think you got to see you'll see us uh, climb a couple of spots in the league.
2: That's what I like to hear. So
3: obviously, you know, UW is is the one you you uh, have circled as a rival. But is there who's who's your who's your biggest matchup? Who's who who is on the calendar that you're worrying about? The most, I think, is my question.
1: Yeah, probably every one of them. No, um, you know,
3: <laughs> a, I mean, you I know, know I, Stanford's rated high, but I mean, are they really? Yeah. Are you worried about the matchup there, or you know, is there somebody else bigger on your calendar in your mind?
1: Well, I, I just everybody's got their own thing, you know. Um, for us with the season, I mean, the one that we've got circled just because it's the first one, but you know, three straight road weekends. Yeah. And then who do you open up with? Well, the Beavers have the best pitching staff in terms of starting pitching in the league. Um, so we're excited about that. But at the same time, it's like we're going to be on the road for three and we're going to open up at home against probably the best pitching staff in the league. You know, Jerpy's probably the best left-hander in the conference and maybe one of the top left-handers in the country. So mm-hmm. um, he's tough. So mm-hmm. that one is certainly a circle. And then spring break to the, to the Huskies, no question they're going to be better than they were last year. They'll be more physical. Um, but that was really exciting for us, and, and my first opportunity to play them to get the Apple Cup and and to win it for the university. In fact, we were the the winning one, so that was cool. Um, Ducks are going to be good. Um, Arizona State, Arizona are different, you know, with different staffs, but Arizona is going to be really old and really offensive. So I think you look at Oregon State's pitching, you look at Stanford overall, their whole body of of this their roster. Um, they lose back, but. They bring back enough on the mountain, They bring back a lot of physicality offensively. And Coach Esker is a great coach. The Bruins are good, but they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the league's kind of open, you know, for anybody to kind of jump into that fourth and fifth spot. But I would think you're looking at the Beavers and Stanford and Arizona. That's kind of where everybody has them ranked. Mm-hmm. Those would be our circles of – not to say not to circle anybody else, but those look to be the strongest teams on paper right now of, yeah. of returners. Yeah.
3: But as we all know, you know, you can rank all you want, but you got to play. That's the right. games.
1: <laughs> no question. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, and I, I think the, that's why I said that with regards to our offense and offensive toughness. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the, you're the Brock Jones of the world. Those are different players, or, or uh, there are certainly special players in the league. You know, susack oh, yeah. is a special player. Um, but the difference for me and in, in my experience in getting the postseason is just. How tough are your five, six, seven hitters who aren't nationally recognized but are legitimate college players and tough? Mm -hmm. Um, That's the area we got to get better at.
2: Okay. I read online and when – what was it? It was titled, Brian Green says 2022 Cougar baseball team full of intrigue. Um, I 100% agree with that after what you've been telling us. But Elijah Hainline, a freshman from Spokane, you seem to talk about him a lot. Can you tell our audience a little bit about him? Yeah. Elijah
3: um,
1: go out and see him as, you know, we, he came to camp a couple of years ago and, and um, was on the map, really good defender. I'll tell you, I think the easiest thing to say about Elijah would be this, but in the recruiting process, he was 150 or 155 pounds and said, Hey man, you, you got a year and a half you better put on 15 pounds. It's a strong man's game. You gotta be stronger. You know, you're going to have to cheat at the plate you're going to head whack when you throw. And so he just went ahead and put on 18 when he got here. And that's kind of, really all you need to know about him uh, busted through the gates kind of came out of nowhere uh is in the mix to play we you know we're really deep with with smith and colden and russell and then matthews and mckeon at first base but hayline is, is he's gonna bust the door down the kid hit 450 in, in in the fall as a freshman very competitive sicko worker in a good way i mean he's he's gonna have a bright future here we're, we're really high on him um And we'll get him in there. He'll get himself in there. He just he does everything right. He's really competitive, but and he's an elite defender. I mean, it's um it's a really good player, and we're really happy to have him. He's a grinder.
2: Okay, okay. I'd like to hear that. Sounds like we have a lot of depth this year in general. So I'm I'm excited. Um we we cover the Bellingham Bells of the West Coast League summer league team. And I was just I'm just curious, will we see any Wazoo cougs there or in general in the west coast league this summer do you know do
3: you have any four of them okay yeah. okay
1: is it three or four matt i i is it i know three for it might be four they are getting our best players as freshmen they are
3: oh sweet
1: and maybe that's selfish <laughs> for me because i wanted to go out there and go crabbing and spend a day out there <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i uh you know i went out i threw out this really true story though and and you know i remember recruiting um uh, a game in Bellingham way back 15 20 years ago when out there in the summer league game, and I was think I was in Hawaii as an assistant. But remember how cool that stadium was and how cool the surrounding area was. But um, we went to um, I went to throw out a first pitch at Bellingham and met some alums, met some Coog alums, and, and it was a great day. They had a Coog tent out there down the left field line, and it was really fun and um, just a total first class operation, and uh, so um we get done with the lunch and I met with the staff and the, and the general manager and it, it was just awesome so when I left there I said you're gonna get some good players I promise so fall started and you asked about Hainline but I mean it's Hainline it's Cresswell uh, it's Cooper Barnum I think Farland might be going there um they're getting really good players from us so um <laughs> our really good freshmen and I say really good players but freshmen that are going to play in the Pac-12 this year are going to be going to Bellingham and what a great league I mean Corvallis mm-hmm. Grant was there last year with Stancato. We've got Brotherton going there. That whole Northwest league is just so awesome. And if we don't send the kids to the Cape, um, we, we have just, we love the league and and it's not just for freshmen. I mean, it's just the fan experience is good. The travel's not too bad. Weather's great. Um, And we get a chance to go watch our players. um, Mm -hmm. If we need to, you know, if a hitter's struggling or if a pitcher needs some help, we can go sit and watch them. So um we'll you'll probably see 10 to 12 cougs uh throughout that league which we're really excited about and we should be we, we need to have a presence in that league
2: that's awesome <laughs> great to hear seriously um what are you pretty much busy i mean what's the day in the life right now for you before the season starts you're just non-stop on the field yeah, and non-stop.
1: The yeah, completely non-stop. Uh, I've lost, I don't know, 15, 16 pounds, and it's been kind of intentional. <laughs> <it> with the, <laughs> you know, with, with the uniforms. Uh, oh, about yeah. to put a uniform on, and, you know, we can hide a little in the Northwest with a coat, but, you know, come come April, we're in Arizona, you better be better be slimmed up. But, no, it's um, the facility has really enabled uh, all of us to have a, just a tremendous routine. Um, you know, we can get into the weight room uh, we get into the hot tub, or the cold tub. The coaches do. We can ride a bike in the morning. Uh, go to the nutrition area. Um, come into the office or the conference room. But I mean, it's usually you know we're up at five five thirty right now. The the sun's peeking over the mountains from my bedroom in Pullman. Um, you know six ten. It's you, you know it's coming and um, work out, uh, lift, uh, exercise. Get into that hot tub. Drink way too much coffee, uh, and then start meeting, hit with players at about eleven or noon, uh, and then we're at the facility till about seven or eight. You know, it's we've we've been looking at Hawaii, we've been looking at Long Island, but we haven't dove in. Uh, we'll start diving literally tomorrow. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but we'll be watching that video and anticipating it because most teams, probably the both of us, will announce rotations on Tuesday, and we want to have that completely dialed. Um, but it, it's. Uh, it's on and we're loving it. It's just so fun. It's so fun to be constantly spinning and your stomach is just constantly just churning. And, um, it's a fun life. Um, I think it's probably a lot more fun when you have a supportive family like mine. Um, I could, I would probably have a lot more anxiety if my wife was screaming at me to get home, but she's (laughs) <laughs> she's all in, you know, it's real simple. Hey, Brian, do your work and let's get to Omaha. And cause you told me that 20 years ago and we still haven't gone. So get off your butt and, and get something done.
2: <laughs> yeah. Does she get to go to Hawaii with you? A- she,
0: she actually daughter. does. Yeah. Okay. She actually does.
1: Grandma is going to come watch the kids. And, um, so she will actually take that trip, which is great. Um, you know, we'll have some team meals that we've already got scheduled. Um, you know, we're going to be really busy with our kids. Um, it's just been strange. I mean, typically it's, you know, it's snow and and we're inside the bubble or the barn and I mean, we're practicing outside, but um, when we land on Tuesday, we'll practice on Tuesday night and we've got two practices short one on morning and night on Wednesday, we'll have a lift in the morning or in the midday of uh, on Wednesday and then team meal on Thursday with an evening practice at the same first pitch time and then um, team meal on Friday and then open up the season. So, we're gonna be really busy. My wife's gonna just go have the time of her life. All the families will. Uh, but the we'll beach, be yeah. we'll be we'll be plugging along pretty good. The coaches will be um, pretty cool too. We've got um, we got a pretty nice little group from Pullman uh, that's heading out there as well to take a little vacation. So and then we've got that WSU uh, alumni group from Hawaii, the Hawaii chapter. Uh, they've got a tailgate set up. So oh
0: nice
1: um, oh sweet yeah we'll make sure we're out there mingling with the fans and 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 saying thanks.
2: My last question for you, because I know we're getting close to the end. Uh, do you ha- do you have a good rapport with all the other coaches, football, basketball, uh, the athletic director? It seems like you guys all seem to get along. I was just curious because very have much drinks
1: absolutely. um I think um I think just Pullman in itself kind of lends itself for that to happen. um you know, small town Its small town, yeah. Um, you know, we're going to go to those safe zone bars or restaurants where there's not going to be any kids or players. And, and, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, from the greenies in Burdetta, you know, baseball alone, but Jen was one of the first coaches that I was able to meet, uh, me and coach Smith are tight. I mean, I text him all the time and ask him, you know, head coaching questions. Cammy's great. Um, uh, Jake's great. He's, I mean, just jumped in with a lot of energy and, yeah. um, he, so he's great. And I love Rolo too. You know, that was unfortunate, but that, that just, it happened. Yeah. Um, but the coaches and the administration team is awesome. I mean, Pat is a legit AD and Chris Park, my sports soup and Brian Blair and Corey, <laughs> we have some pros here. So um it's, I've only been a head coach at two different institutions, but this one has a legitimate family atmosphere of administration and the coaches coaches are tight here mm-hmm. and it's so, so big. Cause you know, a lot of people to talk to as a head coach and you want to talk to other head coaches and say, hey, what do you got with this example in your locker room? What would you do here? What have you done here? And that's really nice to have and to have it comfortable to be able to do that.
0: Hey, Coach Green, it's Abraham. I thought I'd jump in here as we get to the end of the show. Uh, major question for you, big question for you. You've been at Wazoo a couple of years now. Uh, you, the majority, It sounds like the majority of your coaching experience at Wazoo is during COVID. What's oh, it like coming yeah. out of that?
1: Great question. Um, But it's been a real challenge, you know, um, but our our kids have done a fantastic job of just staying the course. You know, we have, we have a core group of players who were here when I got here, who were here the year before when they had won 11 games um, and just want to do something. So this core, our leadership council is eight players, seven of them who have been here at least three years, if not four. Mm -hmm. And, And they've really led the charge of just yeah, we all want to take our masks off for crying out loud. And yes, we want to just go live a normal life, but, but that's not what we're doing. And so we, uh, we can either be miserable about it or just put our head down and, and work. And, um, and that's what we're doing. And our kids have done that. I think one of the things about, about the COVID experience, you know, I look at it as it was what we're doing. I, I didn't know anything about zoom. And now we've been, we've connected with, we, we met with Dr. Arisapaya last week as the Ryder cup team, Dr. Mm -hmm. Uh, was Nadal and Federer's personal coach. He's on Golf Channel. We Zoomed in with him, and he talked to our kids about performance, nutrition, habits, sleep, recovery, hydration, and what the pros do. And I mean, we've met with, my goodness, three big league hitting coaches, John Gordon, um, Scott Mann, a a Green Beret. I mean, so that experience has been great, but um, the facility has really helped. I think it would have been really challenging without this. Um, but having the facility has changed it. But Abraham, I think the the most important thing that I would say is, we're going into year three, and it's essentially been COVID for two. You know, we we had a nine and seven, and we got shut down, <clears throat> so we didn't experience that first Pac-12 year. And then last year we experienced the Pac-12, but we didn't experience it. You know, um, we went to Oregon State, and they had you know, 300 fans there, spread out in masks. Mm-hmm you go to Oregon state when it's on and it's on, you know, and and just like us too, we haven't had 2000 in Pullman going nuts. And especially this year with RVs and season tickets and beer sales. I mean, it's, we got a chance to have a real home backing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've, we talked to our players about Mm -hmm. that too, is, you know, we, we haven't experienced a true one together either in terms of real pressure, uh, or more people on us watching. So with the outdoor mask mandate being removed, that was exciting. It's like, okay, you know, we can pack this place. And then with the RV sales that the administration let us do, we're going to be tailgating. We've got 12 RVs committed for the Oregon State weekend tailgating. So um, that's going to be really fun and more challenging.
0: Oh, when you, when you say 12 RVs, you mean uh, alumni are coming down? Um, is that- no, this is
1: an important – yeah. So if you're on that west side, you've got an RV, and you want to come tailgate for Kook baseball, it is on. Um, we sell – if you're a season ticket holder, which is only 40 bucks – um, it's $120 <laughs> for a weekend. And for that, you can camp just like the tailgators here, which is just bonkers for football.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're doing it for baseball. It was a vision that we That's had cool. three years ago. And to answer your question, like we couldn't do that the first two years. But um, fans can go online at WSUCougars.com and literally buy an RV pass, bring your RV here, or fifth wheel, park it, tailgate, camp. And if we win, I will come out and have a beer with you. If, if we lose, you won't see me. But... <laughs> We really, you know, we want to create that sec environment and we want to make this place bonkers for baseball because I think we can, people love to get outside and party in Pullman. And and I want to really bring that out.
0: What a fantastic idea. Last question. Then we got to, we got to let you go. Um, Related to the COVID question, recruiting, uh, has it gotten easier or more difficult uh, now that you're, now that you're coming out of COVID? I mean, it's, it sounds like it might be a full sprint to get some of these kids.
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, It's both. Um, It's, it was the, the clock changed kids recruit and commit early all the time, but we were making decisions. The difference with COVID was we were making decisions on video. You know, we, we, we couldn't go see kids. So it really came into your network and your trust that we had for us. We just decided to go old. It's easier. Uh, Our, our, our junior college network, we felt like it was going to be a little more safe in terms of the guys who show up. Um, So easier to connect with COVID, it was more of a norm to connect via zoom. It was more of a norm to not have the parents meet uh, the entire coaching staff in person. We just did it over zoom. That made it easier on the flip side. um, It it made it harder in the sense that you weren't out evaluating four and five times. You're making quicker decisions and you're opened up. We were opened up for mistakes. Uh, Fortunately, we, we minimize those, but um, that was a big key that we wanted to make sure that we stay away from. So those have been the challenges of, of, covid you know because you got to stay afloat but at the same time you need to minimize those mistakes we got you got to get out and see players you got to meet them face to face you need to see if they can look in the eye and give you a handshake you need to meet mom and dad and see if they're good people or not um that made it a little bit different
0: awesome well thank you coach green we got to make sure that you get out there and you go see those kids as fast as possible Uh, get them all all trained up so they can beat uh you dub i mean you know it might take a Absolutely. lot of, might, No, we're excited. Of, you know, it's a crazy
1: <laughs> schedule with Hawaii and Long Island and Arizona. And then week three, Frisco, um, Frisco, Texas, Texas A&M, Wichita State and Iowa. So wow. we've got an <laughs> awesome opportunity for the Cougs to, to go out and compete against some real competition. Um, so we're looking forward to the schedule and we know we're going to be prepared come Oregon State time, regardless of where we stand record wise, uh, we will have had great competition under
0: our belt. Excellent. We always like to end our shows on a high note and basically what we'd like to do is go around the table here and give a shout out uh, basically to a person or a place or a set of things or a set of people uh, that have uh, influenced your life, you know, or just want to make sure that uh, they, they know that you care about their support. Um, let's start with Brian.
2: Uh, once again, and I have to give a shout out to my lovely wife. I love you, Janine, my wife of 27 years, happy Valentine's day. I, she's been real sick this week. So, but she's been putting up with me and, Still waiting on me, even though I, I should be waiting on her. So I feel a little guilty, but she she lets me ha- do my thing here, and so I love you, Janine. Over to you. And Matt. She's a co- I converted her to a cook by the way. I'll, nice, we'll nice, con- and she's totally standing right right just there. around the corner, <laughs> listening
3: in. <laughs> Whatever. Over to you, Matt. Uh, you know, I don't really have a shout out this week. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass to you, Abraham.
0: Not to your mother, your who? who? No, 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 no. Okay,
3: she's gotten enough shout outs. Hmm. She knows.
0: Well, you know, I'm. I'm gonna give a <laughs> shout out. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, to my family down in Phoenix. Uh, Cousin Dave just passed away. Uh, oh. Had the funeral this morning. It was fantastic that we got to do a live uh, a live broadcast of that, so a lot of the family outside of Phoenix could could attend. All right, Brian, over to you.
1: You know, I I would uh, since I've already shouted out to my daughter and, and wife, um, I I would send a special shout out to my mom. Um, my dad passed away last year. It's it was tragic. He was my best friend, and he was just such a unbelievable um, friend and and family member. So my mom and dad were together for fifty years. So uh, my um, mom's going to Hawaii um She bought a second house up here in Pullman, so she can be here for the baseball season. But my shout out is uh, to my mom that I that I love to death. But really, I'm just really proud of her and her strength and getting through this, and proud of our family for supporting her along the way. So special shout out to my mom, Luann.
0: That is awesome. Thank you everybody Thank you. for joining us this week. uh This is the Seattle Sports Union podcast. Check out all the great articles on SeattleSportsUnion.com as well. Check us out on. Potbean on uh, Captivate, on Spotify, on iTunes, as well social media at Seattle SportsU on Twitter. We'll see you guys next time. On behalf of Coach Brian Green, Brian the Soul Man Soulak, Matt Page, I'm Abraham Deweese, and this is the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. See you guys next time.
2: Go, Cougs! Go, Koogs. Go, Koogs.
0: I'm not saying it. <laughs> <laughs>